This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 147. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Very happy to have you here. I'm counting down the weeks until I go to Hong Kong. About three weeks I'm taking off. I'm going uh, on the 1st of December and I'll be in Hong Kong for at least two months, possibly longer. So if you're in Hong Kong, get in touch. Let me know. We can go for a go for a beer or a hot pot or something like that. <laughs> now, we've just uh, published my talk from Montreal as well. There was a language conference in Montreal back in July and I gave a talk at the event about um, language blogging and how to create a successful blog uh, on the topic of language learning. Uh, I'll give you some more information about that at the end of the show. Before we get into today's question, I'd like to thank italki, which is a marketplace for teachers. You can find a teacher for whatever language you're learning from whatever dialect. And if you'd like to get a free lesson, you can go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson. Now let's get right into today's question that comes from Dave. Hi Ollie, this is Dave and I'm learning both German and Irish. You recently mentioned the most frequent thousand words covered 85% of conversation. It got me thinking of synonyms and how a word can be similar on the surface but mean something different in context. How does one know when they're using the right word in conversational context? Also, from uh, from where do you source the most frequent words? Uh, thanks very much. Bye. Okay, Dave, thank you very much for a great question. And I think that there are really quite a few layers of questions within the ones that you asked. Um, so I'm going to try and pull this apart a little bit um, so that we can um, hopefully try and understand this issue and how it actually relates to us, what we can do with this information. Because as you mentioned, there are a relatively small number of very common words in any language which account for a huge amount of the, everything that we say. So the statistic that Dave mentioned was that in English, there have been studies that show that the most frequent 1,000 words in English actually account for about 85% of everything that we say in conversation. So what do you do with this? Once you know this, once you know that there are certain words which are extremely useful, or extremely frequent, we should say, you know, what, what do you do with that information? Now, it is possible that you, and I think that Dave was kind of hinting at this, that you could just say, okay, these are the, the 1,000 most common words in English. Let's go off and just memorize them. And you see this on um, in, in software like Memrise, uh, which you can find at memrise.com. Um, you find these kind of big word decks with like the 500, recently I saw like the 5,000 most common words in Spanish and things like that. And so you could kind of go off and armed with this information that this particular set of words is extremely common, go off and simply memorize those words in a kind of isolated way, one by one. Now you could do that, and there will be certain people for whom that's a very appealing thing to do, because it, it is clearly a shortcut of sorts, right? I mean, if you know that 85% of everything you'll ever need can be covered with 1,000 words, then it, you know, it does make sense to learn those 1,000 words, right? But as... Dave was mentioning, the question becomes, well, it's well, it's not quite that simple, is it? Because one thing is knowing a word and knowing that a word is common. 
And then it's, but it's quite another thing to be able to actually use that word appropriately in conversation. And, you know, if you have ever learned a language to a, to a point where you can, you can speak it well, you'll know that being able to use a word appropriately, like a native speaker would in the right context is actually, can often be very, very difficult. So there is an, an inherent problem with memorizing lists of words that you take from a, a frequency list of some kind, which, which is that it, you know, it can, obviously it's better to learn those words than not, but you are inevitably going to end up not really knowing those words particularly well. And my whole ethos with language learning is it's better to learn that stuff in context. So those 1000 words, for example, Dave, I would in an ideal world, like to learn those from context. I'd like to have texts or reading material, textbooks or whatever that uh, systematically teaches me those 1,000 words placed in context so I can read dialogues or stories or, or whatever. Because when you learn in that way, every word that you learn is in context and so you know automatically how to how to use it. Now, you will probably also find that when you get out into the real world and you start having those conversations with people that you will start to learn how to use words in slightly different ways as well. And similarly, when you start to have conversations with people, you'll find that there are to other totally different words which are actually very, very common. So, you know, it, it's very kind of convoluted, this. But... My overall impression of this this particular question is that, you know, if you set about learning a new language, then you're going to come across these words anyway. I remember hearing Steve Kaufman um, talk about this before, a video I watched of his a, lot, a while ago that made, made, made perfect sense. And he said that um, it is exactly this, that you're, if you, as long as you're spending time with the language, those most common 1,000 words, by virtue of the fact that they are that common, you're going to learn them really quickly anyway. So it's, for me, the main point of this is not that you should necessarily go off and learn those 1,000 words, but rather that it's the it's the the notion that certain words are far more valuable than others. Now that can be because they're more frequent. It might be because they're more important for you personally, so that you can use them to describe your daily life your habits, your likes and dislikes and things like that. So my reason for bringing up that statistic in the first place was to make the point that not all words are equal for you as a learner. And so when you're deciding what to spend your time learning, you need to be selective and you need to make that active choice of, look, okay, that word is useful for me, that word is not. So these frequency lists are certainly interesting, but I personally wouldn't use them as any kind of basis for a study method or tool um, for learning when I'm setting about learning a new language because I want to be spending as much time as possible with the whole language, which means um, reading my textbooks, reading books if I can, um, speaking with native speakers. And by doing that, you learn the stuff that you need um, inevitably. And if something doesn't come up in all of that usage of the language, you probably don't need it. Now, here's the cool bit. When you're further down the line, and you can already speak the language, you know, maybe you're kind of intermediate level or above. At this point, frequency lists can become extremely useful. And they would usually take the form of frequency dictionaries. Okay, so Dave, earlier on you asked about, you know, where can you find these frequency lists? Um, first thing to say is I wouldn't even bother looking for one, probably. 
at the beginning, but later on I would get a good frequency dictionary. You can get these for all major languages. And what this enables you to do is something that I would call the fill in the gaps method. So you're, let's say you're an, you're an intermediate level, you can, you already can speak well and you're looking to kind of refine your usage of language and incre- strategically increase your vocabulary. At that point, then it makes sense to, to ask yourself the question, okay, well, what frequent words don't I know yet? And then what you can do is you can get a frequency dictionary and it might have the most frequent, say 5,000 words in, in the language by order of frequency. So the words at the beginning of the dictionary are the most frequent and then they get gradually less frequent uh, right until the end, right? And then at that point, you can literally work your way through the frequency dictionary. And as soon as you come across, providing you're going in order from the beginning to the end, then as soon as you come across a word that you don't know, then you can be sure it's worth learning that word. And that, because it's so frequent, right? And then that is a very strategic way of uh, filling in the gaps in your knowledge. Um, But I would only do that from and an intermediate level onwards because you've got enough other knowledge to give these new words that are learning context okay so you know if you're if you're learning english and you you you're looking through the frequency dictionary and you come across a word like to ensure and maybe you don't know that word to ensure which means um to make sure that something happens right then because you already speak good English, you can then say Google that word. You can look at how that word is used in context, and th- which will help you to understand it. You can't really do that at a beginner level. All right. So I hope that's helpful, Dave. Certainly very interesting. I love frequency dictionaries. They tend to be quite expensive. That's the only problem. But you can certainly geek out all day long um, on those. <laughs> so thanks for the question, Dave. If you would like to ask me a question, please go to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash ask. And... What else? Yes. If you'd like to leave a review for the podcast, I'd be very, very grateful. Reviews are great because they help, well, they help other people find the podcast, um, but also they help keep me motivated as well to make more when I hear from you. You can go to iTunes and simply search for the I Will Teach Your Language podcast in iTunes and you can click to leave a review there. I'd be very, uh, very grateful if you could do that. Now, at the beginning of the show, I mentioned a talk that I gave in Montreal about blogging and the uh, the video has just been released. It's got great video with audio. And if you'd like to watch this, if you are someone who's curious about using your language skills to make a living online, to uh, maybe you already teach or translate and you'd like to transition your business online, which is great because it frees you up um, in terms of time, it can become a source of passive income and things like that. Then the talk that I gave is geared towards complete beginners. Okay. So if you're kind of um, just thinking about this or if it's crossed your mind then this would be really really useful for you because I really what I do in the talk is I go over the most important things the things that everybody gets wrong uh, and the things that if you do them correctly can really account for for your success it's the exact things that I've done to grow I will teach your language into the brand such as it is and um, that you see today so if you would like to come and check out that video please uh, I've put it in the show notes, so you can go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash episode 147. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of the podcast.